Lake Effect continues now on WUWM. I'm Joy Powers. It's time now for our monthly segment on entrepreneurship. Hi, I'm Kathleen Gallagher. Kathleen is the executive director of the Milwaukee Institute, and I'm Tim Keen. Tim is founder and director of Golden Angel Investors, and this is How Did You Do That? A show about successful entrepreneurs and how and why they succeeded. I never dreamt, my dad never dreamt that we could fail. We thought we were so good at this business. Well, we came within inches of failing that first year. Nobody knew what a frozen custard was. Nobody knew what a butter burger was. After years of working day and night in his family's business, Craig Culver decided he wanted to get out of the restaurant industry. But a four-year stint at McDonald's corporate headquarters, first as a management trainee, then store manager, got him interested again. With help from his mom and dad, Craig and his wife Leah ended up back in his hometown of Sauk City, running an old A&W his parents had owned 20 years before. They renamed it Culver's and built a menu around butter burgers and frozen custard. It was the beginning of a company that would eventually franchise 700 restaurants in 25 states and generate more than a billion dollars in system sales. In October 2017, Craig and his co-owners sold 30% of the company to Atlanta-based private equity group Rourke Capital, one of five that was interested in partnering. Craig will remain chairman, his management team will stay intact, and his plans are to ensure that the company stays family-owned and continues to grow for the next 100 years. So here's a voice that I guarantee will make most listeners hungry. Craig, welcome to How Did You Do That? Uh, Welcome to (laughs) Delicious. (laughs) (laughs) Craig, you spent a big part of your childhood working at Farm Kitchen, the resort in Baraboo that your parents owned. What kind of impact did that have on you? It had a huge impact, um, more than I ever thought back then, you know, working uh, working at the resort, uh, doing everything, uh, from cooking pancakes to mowing the lawn to cleaning cottages to doing and taking care of the pool. But most importantly, it opened my eyes to the people business. I was a relatively shy person. And yeah, really? Yeah, I re- really, <laughs> I was. And uh, being in the public uh, a spot like that all the time, it just brought something out of me. And it, it opened up my personality, I, w- I would say. The farm kitchen was a great place for my brother and I and my sister, and uh, and I enjoyed it very much. How many hours a day do you think you were working? Well, we worked six days a week, and uh, that was pretty much early in the morning till you know ten o'clock at night when uh, we closed the little bar there. And uh, so it's a lot of hours. I never, you know, that's one thing I I never added up how many hours I was working because I liked. I liked what I was doing, and when somebody tells me how many hours I'm working, I don't care. You know, if you don't like doing it, go find something else to do. And you know, we enjoyed what we were doing. But you didn't want to take over Farm Kitchen when no. your dad asked you if you were interested. I didn't, and uh, you know, I didn't. I didn't understand what passion meant. And my dad apparently he saw it in me. And my dad offered me the position of being general manager of the farm kitchen after I graduated from college with my degree in biology, of all things. And uh, I, I guess I didn't want to be my mom and dad. Uh, they were working early in the morning, 
uh, late at night and pretty much seven days a week. And and uh, I said, no, Craig, you can you can do something else. But I didn't. Yeah, some, I stayed in the restaurant business. Somehow you landed at McDonald's. I did. As uh, management trainee. Well, how'd that happen? Well, I needed a job. <laughs> I needed a job. I was visiting my sister one day. She was living in Madison, and uh, and Dad sold, had sold the farm kitchen. So I did need a job. And I had resumes out everywhere, and not too many people were interested in me. And Apparently, even McDonald's wasn't interested in me because it took me four interviews to get a job with McDonald's as a manager trainee. And uh, bet they regret that now. Well, I, I think it was a good partnership between the two of us. And I, you know, I stayed with McDonald's for almost four years, became a general manager with them in in the stores in in the Madison area, and I, I enjoyed it and I learned a lot from the McDonald's people. I did, and uh, but uh, what. What started to happen to me was the entrepreneurial spirit, my father, started to grow within me too. And I wanted my own business. And I had now, I had all the training in the world for uh, opening a business similar to a McDonald's or a supper club for that matter. And uh, I had my eyes on the A&W back in Sauk City, Wisconsin. And with my dad's help, he helped us purchase it back. For the second time. So the first year after you took that A&W back and rebranded it as Culver's was, I understand, pretty tough. But you had a banker that helped you out. Yeah. I, I understand. So tell us about that. Well, that was the third time with the A&W and we decided to rebrand, call it Culver's, which we did with all of our businesses. Even the A&W, we call it Culver's A&W or Culver's Farm Kitchen or the Little Ritz Supper Club in Baraboo was Culver's Ritz. So when we took this back, and I was excited about getting uh, the A&W back because I had an idea of what we would do with it if we did. And frozen custard was something that I be fell in love with back when I was going to school in UW Oshkosh. I'd run over to Leon's frozen custard whenever I had a chance and grab a vanilla custard cone. This stuff was so good. And then somebody mentioned the word Butterburger to me. And I'm thinking, Butterburgers? Frozen custard? How can you possibly go wrong? Well, I found out you can go wrong because you're right. When we opened in 1984 at Culver's, uh, I never dreamt, my dad never dreamt that we could fail. We thought we were so good at this business. Well, we came within inches of failing that first year. Nobody knew what a frozen custard was. Nobody knew what a butter burger was. And you're right. We had a banker. Cliff Lyon was his name. Uh, still would be his name, but Cliff's not with us any longer. But he believed in the Culver family. He had seen what we had done, and, and uh, Dad had financed other projects uh, with Cliff prior, and he knew how hard the family worked. And he was banking on the family, not Culver's restaurant. And he helped us through that first year when we lost lots of money. Yeah, you know, that's really interesting. In today's world, uh, a lot of people would tell you banks couldn't do that kind of a loan anymore. Well, that's not true. Um, I'm a big believer in community banks. Uh, community banks are who really kept us going in the, the recession that we had and starting in 8 and 9 and 10 and 11. And uh, the big banks and nothing against big banks, but I'll tell you what, they just shut down 
You know, there's no way we could get money unless we wanted to place, pay some exorbitant uh, interest rates and such. It was the community banks that kept us afloat, not Culver franchising, but are, allowed us to still continue to grow uh, during those, those uh, tough years. So, so what advice do you have for entrepreneurs starting out who are trying to figure out how to have a relationship with a bank? Be very honest with a banker. Don't try and do any tricks or ploys or anything like that. Be very honest. Let, let them know exactly what's going on. Surprises are not, uh, are not a good thing uh, when you're dealing with anybody for that matter. But a banker wants to know everything so they can help you. If you don't tell them everything up front, there could be problems down the road. So you got to the point, the second year you started being more successful, and after you had more years of success, you decided to franchise. Is it true? Did you really give that first franchise away? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. The second year, we broke even. The third year is when we made the first buck at the business, and uh, that's important because I remind our operators and our, and our general managers and managers that just because you put that blue oval sign up in front of your place doesn't guarantee you success. It doesn't. You've got to make it happen still today. There's no magic to this. It's leadership that drives the business. And yes, we did give the first one away. At that time, uh, a franchise was $13,500. Today it's $55,000, has been for a long time. But Dad and I were so giddy about the first franchise that we said, let's, let's give it away. Let's give it away. Let's not charge them. Well, that was a mistake. Something for nothing has no value. And one year after uh, opening our first franchise, our only franchise store at that time, this is 1987-88, we got a letter in the mail from the franchisee's attorney saying, my client doesn't want to be part of this any longer, and uh, so we re we negotiate out of the out of the contract. And I said after that, I'll never franchise again. I remember talking to you closer to that event, and mm -hmm. I remember you saying that hurt. Oh, it hurt. Uh, we put so much blood, sweat, and tears into into opening that first uh, franchise restaurant, and. And then, you know, th then that happened, and it, it, it really did hurt. And, you know, I like to say time heals wounds, and uh, we were wounded, uh, but fortunately time had some of that, that sting uh, helped it go away. But, well, you, but you did continue to franchise we did. thereafter. In 1990, we opened our first, six, well, we call our first successful franchise restaurant in Baraboo, Wisconsin, December 6, 1990. And... Uh, we kind of blew the doors off the minute we opened that uh, that restaurant, and and then uh, you know uh, we were having the successes we were having. A year or two later, we opened fourteen restaurants in one year, and that was too much. We didn't have the infrastructure in place to take care of opening fourteen restaurants, so we literally shut down franchising for a period of almost one year to get our infrastructure, meaning people, in place to be able to grow as we had that prior year. So obviously now you're very familiar with franchising. Tell us the pluses and minuses of franchising for an entrepreneur, for a company that is considering it. Well, there are pluses and minuses, uh, but, but it is what you make it. 
I believe in people. I believe in uh, people that want to work hard and work smart and bring enthusiasm and energy to the business. And that drips down to the people around them. And it has worked for us. We, we have what we call Discovery Week at Culver's. If somebody's interested in a franchise, they go through Discovery Week in one of our family-owned restaurants. And, uh, you know, we make that determination, and they make that determination as well, whether this is good for them. And we as well are saying, is this good for us? Is there a fit here? You know, do our values fit? And uh, if we both say yes, well, then eventually we're going to sign a franchise and eventually open a franchise restaurant. You made the decision in 2015 to promote your president to CEO. Mm -hmm. You did it because you were 65 and trying to... You know, I I had been Phil Kaiser, and uh, Phil is no longer with us, and bless his soul, he was a a great, great man. And uh, Phil was with me, uh, with us, for uh, 20 years. And uh, I had been thinking about this for some time. And Phil was obviously, he was going to be my choice no matter what. And uh, yes, uh, you know, a lot of people think the, the founder is going to stay on forever and run the try and run the business. I thought about that, and I would have liked to have done that too, because uh, this was a tough one for me. But I think it showed Phil and it showed a lot of other people that there is no ceiling here. People can continue to rise. And I think that's the signal that it sent to a lot of people. The founder, one of the founders, stepping aside to let somebody else run uh, their family company. This was, like I said, not easy for me. And it's easy for a founder to meddle into the business. And trust me, I do that and I still do it today. But uh, I'm try to stay hands off as much as possible anyway, <laughs> as much as possible. But it was a great decision, I believe. And, and Phil operated uh, as CEO for a little over a year. And unfortunately, he passed away uh, way too young. He was 60 when he passed away. And I went back into the CEO role for a short period of time. And then we promoted Joe Koss. Uh, Joe was our CFO, and Joe is uh, now our CEO of the company, doing a great job. In 2017, you sold a minority interest, about 30% to Rourke Capital from um, Atlanta, I think, right? That's correct. This is a private equity firm, and they own Arby's and Buffalo Wild Wings and Jamba Juice and Schlotzky's and about 30 others. So how did that process work? Well, I'll be right up front. It was an opportunity for us to take some money off the table. And, uh, you know, I'm now 69 years old. My sister is 72 or 3, and my brother's uh, two years younger than me. Uh, And it it was an opportunity for that, certainly. And But we retain the majority share of the company. So it is still a family-owned business, even though we did sell 30% of the company. And Rourke, Rourke Capital is probably one of the best PE companies out there in my in my view. Uh, they do sit on our board with us, but I don't believe it's changed our company one bit. I think it's made us better, as a matter of fact. So, Craig, there are so many restaurants in your category. There's a lot of competition. When you look back over the last few decades, why do you think Culver's became more successful than a lot of the other ones? 
Well, a lot of people would say because of the butter burger or frozen custard or, you know, one of, one of the food products, that is not the right answer. The right answer is people. It always boils down to people. And, of course, you've got to have great leadership, but those leaders have to surround themselves with great people, people that know how to say please, that are talented, yes, but know how to say please and thank you and my pleasure and mean it. My parents were my great example, and certainly my brothers and my sisters, too. Uh, my mom was, you know, that hostess with the Moses, Miss Hospitality. And when somebody walked into our place of business, especially going back to the farm kitchen resort, I remember my mom, when somebody would walk in, it was like, you know, it was like she would hug them when they came in. She didn't. She may have done some, you know, but she was that welcoming. And that's the spirit. You know, that's the spirit. Even though we're 716 restaurants strong right now, I always want to think of us, and I will think of us as the little guy, the one that's going to overachieve, do whatever it takes. And that's an attitude I don't want to lose at Culver's regardless of our size. So are you, are you satisfied with that size? I mean, you, you must have growth plans. I am uh, 716 restaurants. Are you kidding me? <laughs> we started with one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I am. Uh, I'm very satisfied with that. It's, it, it, you know, I've mentioned this to the two of you before. Uh, my dad once said to me, uh, it's not important how many restaurants you have. What's important is how many good restaurants you have. And how do you get good restaurants? By good people. You got to have good people in those restaurants, operating the restaurants. So that attitude sticks with me. It's not important. You know, I imagine we'll have a thousand restaurants at some point and, you know, maybe 1,500 at some point as well. But that's not that important to me. If we don't take care of what we've got right now, none of that is important. So, uh, like I said, uh, 700. Are you kidding me? I mean, I got to pinch myself once in a while and say, holy cow, where did this come from? But it came from not me. It came from a whole bunch of people working together as a team, from our support staff at Culver Franchising to all of our franchisees to all of our team members in the restaurants. We don't go out and merchandise, market, Culver franchises. We don't. People come to us. And that's a decision I made a long time ago. Almost all of them have been to our restaurants. And that's the merchandiser right there. That's the mark, the marketing plan that we have. And they like the experience. They, Yeah, they like the product, uh, but they like the experience as well. And so that, that will continue to be our, our mar marketing uh, program for Culver's to bring in more restaurants. It's one of the great growth stories of Wisconsin. We appreciate so much having you share it with us, Craig. Oh, you're welcome. I kind of like sharing it. It's fun. I have fun doing it. <laughs> Thank you. You can read more about this story and find links to resources by visiting wuwm.com. And listen to all our podcasts at WUWM at the iTunes Store or wherever you get your podcasts.